Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Welcome to the 171st week of the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. This is Jared podcasting alongside Lucas, Wyatt, Bart, and Aiden. We got a jam-packed episode, especially with a lot of news we missed, so let's just dive into it. Wyatt's New York football giants have, have made some moves to secure their future. They signed Daniel Jones to a four-year, $160 million extension, $82 million guaranteed, and they franchise-tagged Saquon Barkley. Any thoughts on that, Wyatt, real quick? Um, I can live with it, to be honest. The fact that <laughs> the only the first two years are really guaranteed, it makes me feel better about it. I still don't okay. love it. I still would rather just like let have let him go and let some other team go out there and overpay for him, and then we yeah. just draft a quarterback next year, especially with who's at the top of the, the draft next year and Caleb Williams. Like, Not saying that we mm-hmm. would have gotten him, but I don't think that – like I'd, I'd rather not win nine games again, to be honest. I, I don't. I don't think <laughs> yeah. that that's a fun existence when your team only wins eight and nine games every single year. And I think we locked ourselves into that for at least the next two years. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And like, especially when Caleb Williams seems like a generational type prospect right. in the mold of like probably the best in Trevor Lawrence. I forget who I saw saying this. I think it was another player, um, and said that they think that. Williams would go number one overall this year if he left as a sophomore, which I think is like probably true based mm-hmm. yeah. on his readiness. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there will be a lot of teams like after two weeks that'll just like decide: are we gonna are we just gonna tank for Caleb Williams at this yeah, point? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, in other running back news, Josh Jacobs and Tony Pollard got the franchise tag from their respective teams in the Raiders and Cowboys. Former Raider Derek Carr. Signed with the Saints for four years, $150 million. Any thoughts on that? Any takers? I don't. Look, the Saints are so dumb. Like, they, (laughs) it's like, like their life depends on it to win the NFC South and get steamrolled (laughs) by the fifth seed in the playoffs. I don't understand, like, what it's over. It has been over for a long time. Why did they trade a first round pick last year? Why did they. Go out and, and make this move. You know how what Michael Thomas's cap hit is for their team next year? Like fifty million dollars. And it's like this team this team has been like pushing it back and back and back. And they still insist that they can make another move and be close. They are not close. They and they're another team where it's like, just lose. Just lose this year and get Caleb Williams or what or whoever I forget the other quarter top tatted quarterback at the top. Like they're like this is supposed to be a good quarterback draft where they can go and get a guy, and now it's like, for what to win seven games and win the division, and, and I don't even think they're guaranteed to win the division to be honest. Yeah, it's an easy division now. Now though, it's the easiest division probably in the league at this point. But yeah, um, Seahawks have made moves to secure their short term future. Let's say they re-signed Geno Smith. To a three-year, hundred-five million-dollar contract. That looks a lot better than. I mean, I don't know. He's older too, but it looks a lot better than the Daniel Jones contract. Yeah. 
We were very naive saying, I think on one episode we were like, we need it. We want to sign him to like a $20 million contract. And the quarterback market's just not there anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like 40, I'm 20. I'm happy for Gino. Yeah, no, that's, that is good for you know? him. This, he, he wrote, he did write back to this one. They, they wrote <laughs> yeah. him and he did write back to this contract. But. Um, in other news, uh, John Morant was suspended after flashing a gun on Instagram Live. Uh, reports say he also had a gun on team property. There's been a lot of uh, reports about his aggression as well. Any comments? Well, the like the property thing is like because he had the gun on Instagram Live, people are like either somebody in Denver gave yeah. it to him or he had it on team property because how else did it get there? That's yeah. what yeah, they're trying plane. to figure out. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. I mean, I don't want to badger him too much, but like the lack of self-awareness. Uh- to do this as a as i mean when he was coming in in from the draft i was very adamant that i would have taken him number one overall i thought he was the best player in the draft i think that he has a really good chance to be the best point guard in the league um nick wright mm-hmm. was saying that he would pr- he will probably be the best american basketball player in the league because of course like luka and Giannis and Jokic are going to be at the top for a while and then probably him Right, because Steph's going to be gone soon. LeBron's going to be gone soon. Kevin Durant will be gone soon, and he has so much at stake. And Bart, like you're saying, it's ridiculous. But I think that toughness and violence in this, the act wasn't necessarily violent, but I think that they coincide. Where it's an ego-driven sport, where it's like, look how tough I am. And especially for a guy who lives in Memphis, one of the one of the biggest gang areas in the country. Somebody's going to try to out-tough him if he tries to sit there and act like he can do whatever the hell he wants to. And not only is it reckless for a guy who is an NBA superstar with, of course, generational-type money on the line, it's reckless from like a, his life standpoint. And, you know, it's just a th- like it's, a, it's an ego-driven contest when you are doing things like that. And I know you don't want to badger him, Bart. I think ridicule is probably the best move forward in this situation i'm just saying i've seen a, plenty of people uh giving grief online already yeah so i, I don't know if i need and rightfully to so it, though it's, i mean yeah, i'm glad people yeah, aren't yeah. like well i mean let's look at it from a from a realistic perspective no it's it's ridiculous uh in other news that might be ridiculous to some. Lamar Jackson got the non-exclusive franchise tag from the Ravens. He's open to negotiating with other teams, and then the Ravens can match at that point. What do you think? What do you think this is headed to divorce? It's, yeah, yeah. It's, Somebody will pony up the two draft picks for him. I don't know. It's it seems like a bunch of teams have said they're not interested, right? Yeah, I was kind like, of surprised by that. Yeah, I've a lot heard of teams. that. The, yeah, it seems like. The people who were the possible contenders who haven't said that are like the Colts and the Jets if they don't get Aaron Rodgers. Like the Falcons are out, right? The Panthers said they were out. The Commanders said they were mm-hmm. out. And who knows? Maybe all these teams turn around and actually try to make a pass at it. But it is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Well, well, I one he he is a consequence of the Deshaun Watson deal. Um, because it's it's pretty regardless reported that he wants at least like closely full and gar- yeah. guaranteed. I also think that part of it because he doesn't have an agent has left a little bit to kind of like be messed up. 
where like like now at this point that he's been transition tagged he basically should just go and get an agent and go out there and figure out what his price is have be a guy who's like on the field not him or his mom who have to like have a very personal connection to it have a guy go out there and just see what people would give say like if the if the guaranteed money like if it wasn't like if i wasn't asking for full guaranteed how much would you give me and then go and find the deal out there that makes sense cuz i mean Nobody, the, the NFL clearly doesn't want to be in the business of saying, let's go and have guys and, and, and guaranteed deals. And I understand. And I understand from Lamar's perspective that, like, I'm I'm better than Deshaun Watson and I'm not a serial sex offender. So it's like it's a little bit easier for you to swallow the pill. But I, I, will, I will say this. The Cleveland Browns were the only team willing to do that. Atlanta was, gonna, was in the mix until it came out he wanted a fully guaranteed deal and they said no. Carolina has been extremely aggressive until it came out they wanted he wanted a full and guaranteed deal. He said no. Um, so I think that if Lamar really wants to get a deal done, he might have to bump down that guaranteed number if it is something ludicrous like 200 plus mil. Yeah. 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 It's just if anybody deserves it, it's a running quarterback. So I get it. Right? Like you would or maybe not deserves it, but needs to insist on it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But that's exactly why, yeah, teams right. are, teams are passing. Little, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, another quarterback that was mentioned earlier, Aaron Rodgers. The Jets flew to California to to pitch Aaron Rodgers. Sources say in that the, the pitch was in I was about to say a pitch yeah. black. <laughs> yeah. It was dark and yeah. Um yeah. That'll be interesting. Do you like that, Aiden? Or have we talked about Aaron Rodgers specifically to the Jets? Yeah, I mean, I hate Aaron Rodgers, but... Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the best option they got right now. And I do think it's like, I think it's a better deal than Lamar because I don't think they'd have to pay um, in terms of draft picks as much. In terms of how much they'd be paying in terms of contract, it'd be a lot less because it seems like they'd only have to pay Rodgers $15 million next year and $30 million the year after. And it would just be those two years guaranteed, which I feel like, I think that's the situation the Jets should be in is that two years and then reevaluate because um, mm. I don't know if, I don't necessarily see either Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson as like the long-term QB for the Jets. Gotcha. Okay. So we obviously just had the NFL Combine. Um, some guys got to uh, show show what they got on the testing and everything on the drills. And of course, some people brought their lunch pails, got after it. <laughs> First one in, last one out. Blue collar performances. Aiden, who's who was the lunch pail guy of the NFL Combine? Yeah, who else but Stetson Fleming Bennett the fourth? Um, you know, is anyone more of a lunch pail guy than Stetson really Bennett? His name? You know, we all know. Yeah, that is his real name. <laughs> Not making that, that up. Doesn't feel real. <laughs> Comes from a long line of Stetson Fleming Bennett's, apparently. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you know, we, we all know the story. He was a walk-on at Georgia. I believe the year was 2005 when it began. Um, you know, he <laughs> transferred to junior college for a year, then came back to Georgia. Was back up won the job eventually, and then won two straight national championships. And obviously expectations for him at the pro level are pretty low. He doesn't have eye-popping tools. He's 25. And he's also had a tumultuous offseason so far. He was, you know, arrested for public intoxication, banging doors in Dallas at like 6 a.m., uh, which is not not ideal for his for his draft status. But he likes low expectations. That's, you know, that's what he's he's going for. He's always thrived on this. His measurements are those of an average Joe, 
but his 5'11 height and 10-inch hands were both larger than Bryce Young. So that's a W. Number one draft pick. Here we come. Um, he also ran a 4.67 in the 40-yard dash, which is pretty good. He also had a solid vertical, and he had the best 20-yard shuttle of any QB. Um, only two. athletic. Well, exactly. <laughs> it's right. Like, you know, we, we when he comes in as a backup in an NFL game, we know we're going to hear about his surprising athleticism and all that. <laughs> but... Uh, what really makes him a winner, though, was how he looked in the throwing drills. And he was paired up with um, Will Levi's for a lot of it. In terms of throwing velocity, they tied on the day for the, the fastest throw um, of any QB on, I think it was day one. Um, he was also paired up with Levi's for throwing drills and went throw for throw with a guy who's known for his arm. Like Levi's said himself that he has a cannon and that he could bring an NFL team a championship <laughs> right now. Um, and there were scouts who said that Stetson looked better in the drill with his deep balls. I saw a couple of the throws, and they were beautiful. I was I was pretty impressed. Um, so, you know, he's still a, a mid-round pick right at best. But I, I think he'll be solid in the NFL. And I honestly, like, I think he'll have a better career than, like, Anthony Richardson, to be honest. Um, he seems like kind of a Brock Purdy 2.0. So, we'll see. So- yeah, it'll depend. In that case, it'll kind of depend on what system, yeah, what system you get into. This is one of Colin Coward's yep. takes that I, I think is actually pretty true. That, like, there's some quarterbacks where they're going to work pretty much no matter where they're at. Like, Trevor Lawrence is probably one of those guys. <laughs> for example, like, maybe Caleb Williams will be one of those guys. And then there's other people, there's other quarterbacks where it's like they will work if they get to the right spot. If they're, if they if are they get in to the, the right 49ers. spot. If yeah. they get to the 49ers, <laughs> then, they, then they will be fine, basically. Yeah. Can I throw in another lunch pail? Guy? Yeah. Another Georgia player, uh, Darnell Johnson. Yeah, he's a tight end. That was my guy the, too. The tight end, uh, yeah, the tight end position has become more wide open. We'll talk about this later, given mm-hmm. uh, Michael Mayer's performance at the combine. Um, but Darnell Johnson, kind of, at least for me, came out of nowhere. Um, he described himself as the most unique tight end in the draft, and I think that that might be true. He's six seven, two sixty four. He ran the fourth fastest 40 time. He ran a 4.64. The second longest broad jump. We went 10-2. Um, and he um, was comparable if they do like, you know, how they do the pro comparisons using the next gen stats and all that. His comparison at the combine was Rob Gronkowski. So for me, it seemed like, I don't know, a lot of the Georgia narrative for me got caught up in this past year in the defense, obviously, because it's, again, one of the best ever. Um, and sort of Stetson Bennett um, and how he's been playing college football for 40 years. But Darnell Johnson looked awesome um, and probably is in position to be tight end one in the draft now. So raising your stock um, that much, I think, really helps out if you want to be the lunch pill guy of the combine. It's Darnell Washington, too, by the way. Not not Johnson. Sorry about that. Oh, I'm <laughs> so sorry. I miss I miss copying. No, you're good. Um <laughs> Yeah, that I, there <laughs> was a drill that was underwhelming cornerback. What, what's that, Bart? <laughs> I was just saying, Darnell Johnson was actually a completely different guy who had a terrible combat. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking him up. He was a soccer player because I was confused. Yeah, he's a soccer that. player. I am so <laughs> sorry. No, he, he um, two very we names. yeah, he had a really there was a the sled on like the sled push drill that that one that um video clip was uh making the rounds a lot on instagram and stuff where he just like absolutely manhandled it and was like pushing it you know how like a lot of guys they kind of push it and it goes like into the ground a little bit and they don't really get it that far he just like 
freaking took it. Mate was making some circus catches too. Like, yeah, he's he's a freak. He had a crazy one hand grab. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He did. Yeah, he's a freak. Which, but it, yeah, it was pretty sweet. How about two teammates from Maryland, Ooh. Deontay Bakes and Jacorian Bennett, who are probably the two most mm-hmm. athletic teammates. They're both corners. Mm-hmm. Um, what Deontay Banks was at the 98th percentile, and Jacorian Bennett was in the 97th percentile. They both ran a sub, or they sorry, Bennett ran a four three one. Banks ran a four three five, which is oh. insane. That mm-hmm. that that much speed at the cornerback position. Um, there hasn't been that much speed in that position since Jared and I played high school together. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but no, but seriously, like it's crazy. Deontay Bakes might have worked his way into the late first round, or at least early day two, at at, at the worst case scenario. Every time I watch the forty, I'm like, what is the human limit of like how fast? Like, are we just gonna keep getting faster? Are we gonna get like a sub? Are we gonna get a sub four at some mm-hmm. point? Or like, what is the human limit? On the forty yard. Honestly, though, what what is like the Usain Bolt forty yard, or like what's the fastest forty yard dash? It's like a four two forty yard probably stretch. Two, I I guess, it's probably a split. No. I don't think Usain Bolt was a great forty yarder. Like his starts, yeah, he's a, right, notoriously a not a great starter. Kind of yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is also kind of part of it is it's like, like you're good at running the forty. You're not necessarily yeah. like you're the best. Mm-hmm. You're the fastest guy, but you're just really good at running the forty. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Apparently, the, the fastest forty at least of the combine is a four two two. That's insane. Was that that was that the guy from Washington? Um, John Ross. Yeah, John, John Ross. Ross. Yeah. If he would have wore Adidas, they would have given him an island, but he didn't wear Adidas. They were doing some sweepstakes <laughs> Wait, or something. What? They were doing some sweepstakes <laughs> where, like, if you were wearing Adidas cleats and set the fastest time, like, they would give you an island or something like that. And he wore Nikes, it was a I good think. Island or, <laughs> yeah. <exactly. Man. laughs> Okay. Uh, any other name? Anybody like other names of people that had good combines, bad combines? You want to throw out there? Uh, L- Lucas Van Ness was mine. He was. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody else saw this. I think he was a defensive end. Uh, he was relevant because I don't know if you guys remember Trayvon Walker last year had like uh, Herculean performance <laughs> in terms of like round all around athleticism. Apparently, the only comp for Van Ness's combine ever was Trayvon Walker last year. So he's also just like uh-huh. a tank. Uh, I don't know where he's projected to go now, but he definitely boosted his stock with that. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I think a lot of people have Anthony Richardson too as a big winner. Yeah. Like Combine, I've seen him. He'd be one or two at this point in the draft too. So. It is kind of yeah. crazy. He's six four two forty. You're in a four four. It's crazy. That is that is pretty. If he crazy. doesn't work out a QB, he could play any position. He play literally, yeah. Like yeah, it doesn't exactly. matter. Yeah, he might just draft him just because, like, he's he's literally a can't miss football player at the very least, mm-hmm. right? You just put him out somewhere. Honestly, of course, CJ Stroud had a good combine too. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He, he looked really he looked combine. polished. Yeah. I mean, and he had a really a, good final one. college game too against Georgia. Like one of the best defenses yep. in the. Yep. He's mm-hmm. he's definitely helped his stock a lot at the towards the end of the year. Sure. I do Smith think Jigball, sure. so. yeah he so, looks good mm. I'm glad I mean good thing he didn't yeah. run the 40 he probably would have soured it a little bit because he probably would have ran like a 4-6 I thought that Bryce Young mm-hmm. didn't really do himself any favors mm-hmm. I know that he he's mm-hmm. weighed in over 200 pounds which was a benefit but when you watch CJ Stroud go out there and throw as well as he did when you watch Anthony Richardson go out and test as well as he did um and of course Will Levis I didn't think Will Levis was bad I don't necessarily stick out to me that much but I think it's like you know, worst case scenario, Bryce Young may still be the second taking quarterback in the in the draft. 
but I think that he could have really been first by looking like, yeah, I can, I'm, I still got it, you know, like, it, like, don't worry about how big I am. Watch me sling the rock mm. a little bit. Yeah. So is is Bryce Young going to be the quarterback that makes the throw over their shoulder across their body on their pro day to? skyrocket themselves it's up the got border, it's no. got <laughs> well levis written old. yeah exactly yeah, it, does. Yeah. it, it does. definitely does yeah 100 percent. <laughs> that's so funny yeah, i don't know i mean anthony richardson also people were clamming over some of the deep throws he made so i wouldn't be shocked to see that from him yeah yeah but, i always like watching the pro day the the pro day videos because the guy i don't remember i don't remember what the guy's name is but the guy that like leads the commentary of it is just impressed by like every throw it's, it's it's really funny. <laughs> they gotta be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I imagine the sideline view is like from all the scouts on the side, just like wow. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alrighty, we're gonna head into some NBA now, but before we do that, a quick read from our sponsors. This episode of the Lunchpail Guys podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. It's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbooks an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook today, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on an NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Download the app now and sign with code TPPN. New customers can bet just $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TPPN. All right, we're uh, past the NBA All-Star break at this point. We've played a couple games. It's time to do a little power ranking on the NBA's top 10 teams. Bart, you have the first overall pick. You have the honor of the first overall pick. Um, Who is it? Yeah, I'm not going to overthink this one. It's the Bucks. It's the Bucks right now. Hottest mm-hmm. team in the league. Uh, yep. 18-1 and one in their last 19. They had their 16-game streak snapped by the Sixers. I'll admit it, but even in that loss, they blew an 18-point lead. So really, if you think about it, they kind of won almost. <laughs> you know, so really, they're 19-0. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, their offense Their offense is still like weirdly average, but despite that, their defense is phenomenal. It's second in that rating, and their overall net rating is fifth because they got Giannis, who's playing out of his mind on defense. Well, generally. Drew Holiday's probably going to make all-defensive team. And Brooke Lopez, actually, is second right now in defensive player of the year odds. I didn't even realize that. So he's, like, going off this year as well. Um, you know, so they're just such a well-rounded team. I'm not worried about this one loss to the, the 76ers. And the biggest thing for me is that Drew, Giannis, Lopez, and Chris Middleton have only played 77 minutes together. So they literally, they're only going to wow. get better. <laughs> it's crazy. Good, uh, good pick, White. What about number two? I think this one's going to ruffle some feathers. I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns. And this is a little Whoa. bit of a glance down the road. I know that the standings is more of a snapshot of where we're at right now. Um, but here's the thing. I don't believe necessarily in the Nuggets. I think we've seen the song and dance where it's kind of like we're at the point where I've completely overlooked it. Um, The Celtics are also another pick as well, but they haven't, they've struggled as of late against uh, opponents. So I just think the Suns are impressive. It's a three game win streak so far. Uh, Obviously adding Kevin Durant is a huge, but this is is the first time we've done a power rankings, I believe post trade deadline or in Kevin Durant 
so far game, has looked yeah. spectacular for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I mean, like he he literally is in contention of the best, second best, third best player in the league, depending on who you ask. And when you add it to a team who had made the finals just so recently as uh, two years ago, that there is a chance that they're going to be the second best team. They're in the fourth seed at the yep. moment, but they're only two games mm-hmm. behind Sacramento. I do believe that they will get that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, I think. They're in more of like a honeymoon type phase when I look at them rather than someone like the Nuggets who I said, it's like, I've seen the song and dance and I'm kind of just waiting for, you know, next year to be proven that they can be legit. Um, I've got the third pick here. It wouldn't be on brand for me to pick the Nuggets. So I think I'm going to pick the Celtics here. Um, I think the Nuggets do have a good case. Uh, but the Celtics are top five in offensive and defensive uh, rating. And kind of like by Bart's logic, like they've had a lot of double-digit leads and they've lost a couple of them. And like they had a meltdown against like Brooklyn, for example, which I, I think it in general, I would rather that they are up by that big and lose it than like <laughs> never having the lead in the first place, I guess, in the game and losing it. So <laughs> I think the Celtics are like super solid team, one of the best rosters in the league. Um, they've shown that throughout the year. And I think they get the benefit of the doubt for a top three seed here. Um, Aiden, what about four? Who are you going with? Okay. Yeah. Speaking of ruffling some feathers, I did have the Nuggets fourth on my board, but the team I have third is still there. Uh, the New York well, Knickerbockers, uh, the, the hottest team in the oh, NBA. Come on. <laughs> no, that's good. They had won. They lost to the Hornets yesterday without Jalen Brunson. They'd won nine in a row before that, including two wins over the Celtics who we were just talking about as team number three. They had not lost since adding Josh Hart almost a month ago now until yesterday. So I think people should put some respect on the Knicks name here. Overall, they're seven and seven against the top five teams in the East. Only the Bucks are better at seven and five. Um, and their players are just out of their mind right now. Like Josh Hart, who shot 30% from three for the Blazers, is shooting a ridiculous 59% from three in nine games as a Nick. So yeah, maybe that won't hold up. Um, Jalen Brunson, since January 1st, since the new year, Dame, Dame leads the NBA in points. Jalen Brunson is second. Um, he also leads easily in clutch points, which are oh. points in the last like five minutes um, where you're down by or you know within five points of each other. Okay. Emmanuel quickly is a stud off the bench. Like, everything is going super well for the Knicks right now. Makes me feel a little uneasy. But I don't think it's I don't think it's wrong to give them the spot. I don't. So you like advanced stats when you want to like them. So like these clutch point stat that just got exactly. me. No, I'm just joking. That's exactly. a pretty good one. <laughs> that one seems fair. Clutch P-E-R <laughs> is my favorite stat. There you ever. go. So, speaking of surprising um, uh, award candidates, Emmanuel quickly is the leader right now for six man of the year. Oh, yep. Which I didn't realize either. Yeah. What is happening? <laughs> I know. With the like, with him on the floor, the Knicks are like seven point nine points per hundred possessions better than with him at, off the floor, which is pretty crazy. Not quite Jokic, but yeah. it sounds like he should pretty good. start. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Sounds yeah. like maybe. Yeah. Maybe he shouldn't be in like in the running for six man. Maybe he should just be playing exactly. all the time. Maybe there's a. Point. Yeah, I don't know. Lucas, who's number five? I'm gonna ruffle some more feathers. I'm gonna pick the Sixers. <laughs> what is I happening just, today? <laughs> <laughs> I just think that as of late, they have looked exceptional. It was alluded to earlier. They ended the Bucks' crazy long winning streak, which I think is indicative of the level that the team is playing at recently. The Embiid Harden pick and roll has been 
quite near unstoppable. Both Harden and Embiid have been playing out of their minds. They have, I think they had one of the hardest schedules mm-hmm. over the back half of the season after the All-Star break, and they've handled it really nicely. Um, sure, they dropped one to the Mavs, but they've beaten the Bucks. They've beaten the Wolves. They've lost a really close one to the Celtics that, if Joel Embiid had let the ball out of his hand a quarter of a second earlier, would have gone to overtime. They've beaten the Grizzlies. They've beaten the Cavs in the most recent games. They have a lot of really good wins recently. Plus, if you get down to the advanced stats of it all, they are third in offensive rating. They are eighth in defensive rating. They're fourth overall in net rating. They're playing really excellent basketball all around. They are handling the NBA's hardest schedule really well. Um, and Embiid and Harden are both playing the best they have in a long time. So I think for all those reasons, they deserve to be fifth. There you go. Okay. Um, <laughs> Bart, you probably get to pick the team you wanted to pick <laughs> at six. Well, I didn't, I didn't want to put them at six. <laughs> this is uh, everybody who's listening right now should be offended right now. Um, right now, I don't know. I mean, the second the Nuggets are the second best team in the league, second best record, they're best in the West. So, how do they fall to six? I don't know. They're 30 and four at home, which bodes very well for the fact that they're going to probably be at home for every round of the West playoffs, at least as, as far as they advance. <laughs> yep. Um, and I also talked about this last time we did these rankings with how much I care about how well teams play against good teams, teams over 500. Nuggets are 12 and, or sorry, that's the wrong one, 10 and 4 against teams over 500, which I think is the best in the league. I don't want to, you know, hammer you over the head with the Nikola Jokic stuff, but like, it's crazy how everybody in their starting lineup, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., and Jamal Murray all are top 10 in offensive rating. Largely because they usually play with Nikola Jokic. It's absurd. Nobody else has this kind of effect. It's like with the Bucks reversed. The Nuggets defense still needs work, but it is improving. And their offense is still just like so, so good. It's not as good as the Kings, but it's the second best Mm -hmm. in the league. And that's going to carry them in the playoffs. So I don't understand how the Nuggets fell here, but whatever. I'll take them at six. (laughs) We've seen this song and dance before. They get swept in the first round. No, I'm just joking. We haven't seen them. (laughs) Yeah, they have not been this good. (laughs) That's true. Um, Wyatt, seven, number seven. Bart, if it makes you feel any better, the right now the board is Bucks, Suns, Celtics, Knicks, 76ers, so four out of the five teams taken above them were not in the same conference. And the other team that was, I picked, of course, because they have Kevin Durant and another future Hall of Famer and Chris Paul and Devin Booker. But um, I'm going to I'm gonna light the beam here at number seven. I'm going to go with the Kings. I actually kind of <laughs> wanted to pick the, the Cavs because I do enjoy their young roster, but I think the Kings deserve a little bit of attention right now. They have the highest-ranked offense in, in the NBA, and they're on pace right now to set the record for most points per 100 possess- possessions. Um, I I didn't believe in them, to be honest. I said that they maybe, uh, maybe traded the wrong point guard, and this is my chance to make amends and say I'm sorry, and maybe I was wrong, um, that they kind of deserve a little bit of respect. And you know what? At the end of the day, they are just some darn good fun, lighting the beam and having a good time doing it. Lighting the beam. <laughs> I support that. Nice. Um, okay, then I'm going to go with the Cavaliers here at number eight. Um, we go from the team with the best offense to the team with the best defense in the league um, and also pretty good offense too, top 10 last time I checked. They also just beat the Celtics, um, who I still did have in front of them, but um, that's good for them. They're on the three game winning streak so um a little bit of momentum they're like six and four in their last 10 which isn't great but i think they are definitely deserving to be at eight here um if not a little bit higher but eight for sure 
Um, Aiden, what about number nine? Yeah, I feel like there's no one left that I'm like super excited about right now. I'm going with the Warriors. They did lose to the Lakers on Sunday, and I think they lost today as well. Uh, before that, they'd won five in a row, um, and they went from 10th in the West to 5th in the West, and they did it without Steph Curry and also without Andrew Wiggins. So Steph is now back. Andrew Wiggins is expected back at some point. You have to imagine that if this team somehow, God willing, is healthy entering the playoffs, that there's still a scary team to play, um, scarier than I think any of the other teams left. So even more than like the Grizz, I, I feel like at the moment, who I'm just not that high on. So I don't know. I think one really weird stat about the Warriors is how bad they've been on the road this year, which doesn't bode well for them, given that. It seems like they'll probably be away for most of the playoffs. Um, they're seven and twenty-four on the road, which is the fourth worst record in the NBA. Yikes. Which is awful. So we'll see. Hopefully, the veteran, the veteran presence will will carry them through in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's also not a good seven. Like it's not like they've beaten anyone good in that seven. Those seven wins. <laughs> OKC, Cleveland, who I think is good, but that was early. Uh, Washington, Sacramento. San Antonio, Toronto, mm-hmm. Minnesota, mm-hmm. Houston. Hey, Minnesota. Minnesota's been one. on the ups, but yeah, yeah, that's they're that's not that rough. good. That yeah. <laughs> Minnesota's been on the ups, but are they in our top ten? Lucas, round it, round it out. <laughs> no, I'm gonna go with the Brooklyn Nets. Okay. Actually, you have been on a little bit of a oh. run recently. They've won their last three games, um, including one against the Celtics, which is. I would say one of the more impressive ones out there. Although the Celtics have been down a little bit recently, but beating them um, comfortably as they did by 115 to 105, I think is indicative of something at the very least. Bridges has been playing fantastic mm-hmm. in that time. Yeah. Over the, the four games they've played in March, he's averaged more than 30 points a game, which is crazy. And their overall advanced stats are pretty good. They're top uh, 12 in both offensive, or sorry, they're top 15 in offensive rating, defensive rating, and net rating. So they're a top half team when you look at pretty much any of the advanced metrics. And I think they've steadied the ship a little bit since they traded everybody away. And Bridges is kind of emerging as a superstar. They're definitely going to make the playoffs. I think they'll give somebody a good series. And for that reason, uh, they are 10 for me. Awesome. Yeah, Bridges being this good has been kind of shocking to me. Yep. Yeah, me too. Yep. Imagine him on the Suns. <laughs> I, hate, I hate that joke. <laughs> I think it should have been the Lakers, to be honest, in the ten spot. Oh. I also don't agree that the Warriors should be in it. I was like, they're, I yeah, I don't. the The punch from Draymond clearly has been weighing them down. Their road record is awful. I know they have pedigree, and it's kind of like yeah. you got to respect the champs until they're not the champs anymore. I would. I'm gonna guarantee. I'm gonna book it. They are not gonna be the champs this year, um, and yeah, I think I the Lakers have impressed so far as of late. Okay. But tomato, tomato. Yeah, I'm just not scared of the Lakers. Mm-hmm. No, no. You know what? Yeah, it's it because I saw a pass bounce off of Anthony Davis's hand, and he started grimacing and reaching oh for his finger. Like he jammed a finger, and I was like, "Dude, can we just like not? It can. It can hurt. It can." Jamming your finger does not feel good, but he has no liberty to like look like physically show he's in pain. He's got to like, unless it's a real injury, he's got to be like, yeah, whatever. Especially when he's like, he does it and then he'll like, the other team will be in transition. He'll just be standing there for a sec and then he'll jog his way down. Dude, move. Get get back on D. Is this the end? Is this one it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. 
If you like anything you heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. We are the Lunch Pail Guys. We appreciate you. And we will be back later this week with a ruling change in the NFL about the quarterback sneak and what the Arizona Cardinals need to do to become legitimate contenders. Thanks again.